It is the first double hitter of the season, and I think the action is just about to begin. My name is Kriya Gangia, and you are listening to F1 Track This, where we talk about everything Formula One and dissect all the dirty details uh, for you in a little bit of with a little bit of fun and a little bit of jest. And uh, today on the show, we have our faithful and very regular voice, Avon Middleton, publisher and director of Top Gear magazine, motorsports analyst. Avon, how's it going? Hey, hey, very good. Thank you. Very excited for the next race already. But yeah, it's good to be talking racing two weeks in a row. And it's just going to get better and better after this, because after that, we go into a triple header. Let's go. That's why you have <laughs> Yeah, you're going to listen to me three weeks in a row. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right, moving on, we've got Chop Sabuka, who is also a regular voice on F1 Track This, and he's a legendary South African race car driver. Chops, how's it going? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always such a pleasure. And uh, we have a, a guest joining us on the show today. And I'm quite excited because I've been watching Chloe's career develop over the years. And she's doing some fantastic things when it comes to radio, motorsports, and sports in general. Her name is Chloe Grace, and she's a presenter on Vision View Sports Radio. She's got an afternoon drive, and she's a petrol head. Chloe, how you doing? Oh, Kriya, this is actually a 360 moment for me. I'm absolutely excited. I still remember the first time I met you uh, and Chop. You guys probably forgot this, but you were still hosting that absolute Formula One show on the channel we won't name. Um, <laughs> and I remember pulling through in studio and I was so stoked to see you guys in your element. So to be working or having this moment with you guys is absolutely great. So I'm excited. And of course, uh, as Avon mentioned, it's great to finally go back to reality and have our Formula One back. Oh, Chops, look at that. Inspiring young minds. I know you're the one that's inspiring. I'm the one that's just scaring them to death. <laughs> it's so nice to hear that. It's such a, a heartwarming um, introduction there. All right, so let's talk Formula One, guys, because it's going to get unbelievably busy. Obviously, we take a small little break after Miami, and then we go into a triple header. So it's lots of racing coming up. Um, and I think, Avon, I'm going to start with you on this one because I know how much you love Charles Leclerc. Rumors of him moving to Mercedes. Do you oh, think there's Korea. any truth in it? <laughs> you know, I was hoping you wouldn't pick on me. You know how much I love gossip. I hope you can hear the sarcasm. Really, this is not... <laughs> I just... I think this is speculation. It's a big bit of gossip. And, you know... As far as I've been able to ascertain, there's just no basis from even where it comes from. So Toto Wolf was put on the spot to say, hey, are you guys hiring Charles Leclerc? And and obviously he had to say something. And I, I think he doesn't want to say, no, never. So he just kind of said, look, we, we might in the long term. But uh, these are just rumors, totally unfounded. Let's let's focus on, you know, <laughs> let's focus on it now. <laughs> Can we talk about how... How well Charles Leclerc did in the race. I'm happy to talk about that. We'll definitely get there. But I think let's let's just say, for example, if the universe does align up, Chloe, and mm -hmm. this does come to fruition, do you think that Leclerc will move to Mercedes? If he does do it, who is he going to replace? Sure, Priya. Um, I think I share the same sentiments here with Avon. I was literally uh, listening to Fred, uh, the principal of Ferrari, and he said, it's BS, you know, um, I can't say the full word, but uh, I got the sense that, okay, it's rumors, it's unsettling as well um, to both team principles. So um, as much as yes, um, it's 
might be great to get the youngsters all together, but Lewis Hamilton has heard him saying that he wants to extend a bit longer. He doesn't just want a one-year contract. He wants to stay longer at Mercedes. So Charlotte, where does he go at the end of 2024? It wouldn't be Mercedes for me. Plus, look at the fact that Ferrari currently, they kind of have the upper hand over Mercedes. So leaving Ferrari for me would not make sense. I mean, we saw a bit of improvements now in Baku. So I wouldn't see a Charlotte Claire where he's technically the number one driver as Carlos Sainz is still trying to find them, find himself. So I think for me, Charlotte Claire, go try a new team. Mm, doesn't make sense for me. He should just stay at Ferrari. He's like the poster child for Ferrari. He's just perfect. I mean, he loves taking videos. He loves the content. And that's just the Ferrari brand right now. True. And it's been his dream to move to Ferrari for such a long time. So I do agree with you. Uh, and I do agree with Avon. We're going to leave the gossip there for now <laughs> and move on to proper Formula One news. And I specifically kept this question for Chops because I know how much Chops loves sprint races what do you yeah. think of the new format <laughs> what's happening to Avon there <laughs> i love sprint races <laughs> giving me a shot there <laughs> so what do you think of the new format i, I just think the sprint races are there, there to hypen the show and just create a little bit of excitement um, either way but I mean, it, it just proved how dominant this Red Bull is, again, regardless of where you put it. It's, for the first mm-hmm. time, it, it, it's quite overwhelming to see Checo take Max head-to-head and beat him straight out. And what takes the cherry off of it is the fact that he was sick all weekend and he could drive the car like he's never been before. And... Um, it was great to watch, I must say. Did I just hear Chop say that he thoroughly enjoyed watching a sprint race? <laughs> I'm also shocked. It's more so like Checo leading. <laughs> <laughs> because, Chops, for the last season, all you've done is slated uh, sprint races. You know what's scary with the sprint races? I guess it's sprint races for all. It's not for certain individuals. Is that if you wreck your car, and that sprint race, you total it. You're out for the weekend. And then it's no longer mm. exciting now to see one of the top contenders who would be taking, um, they'd be either taking each other out or they'd either be racing for uh, a longer period of time and team strategy and seeing the car operate in the various uh, operational windows. So that's where this, the sprint races become sort of dicey for me more than anything else it's just to rack up a whole weekend that everybody's been looking forward to and then you spoil it in a 30 minute race and bye-bye that's the end of it so i just want to say i think the sprint race i thought it was quite exciting the actual race itself um and i what i liked is it wasn't a procession i like the fact that you know some people were quite aggressive uh you know people were people were trying to get those positions and get those very few points that they could get so i quite enjoyed that but i do want to just say that you know if we consider sprint races we consider the if we look at formula one as a logistical exercise if we look at how many races are now on the calendar and then we're going to add these six sprint races to the calendar and what that does as chops is talking about in terms of you know putting you know if you if you crash a car which we did see on saturday you know 
all of this adds to the expense of Formula One because you, you know, there's obviously labor laws. You can't work people more than the hours that they can work, which means you possibly have to hire more staff and have more crew on hand. And I think they're going to be doing that is actually having, you know, dual crews. But what does that do to the budget cap? And what does that do to your ability to develop? And what does that do ultimately to, you know, the morale in teams? Uh, you know, for me, I'm just, I'm looking at it on a more long-term level and saying this, I can guarantee you that in the paddock, and I don't know this for sure, but I, I'm sure if we ask people, this would be the case. I don't think it's happy days for all these sprint races. I think people prefer to get there. Let's do FP1, do FP2, three, qualify and race on a Sunday. So, you know, I get this whole thing about the spectacle and the show, but I think Formula One is almost contradicting itself in wanting too much, but also wanting teams to spend less. Plus, we're going to be adding a couple of extra races in the next seasons to come. This is what I'm saying. So then does the budget cap change? Can I hire more people? You know, is, is you know, last year Red Bull got into trouble for going over that budget cap. And I think this year we're going to have more teams going over the budget cap when those uh, audits come out, I think in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, I don't know. It's like, what, is, <laughs> what does Formula One want from teams, from drivers? You know, mechanics, race engineers, these are these are people who I can guarantee are very stressed when it comes to sprint sprint race weekends. To be honest, I don't think Formula One is the people that are they're not considering those people. They're considering the fact that now they can put bums in seats for an extra and uh, a couple of days and sell tickets. And that's what they're worried about. Yeah. And I think this is a much bigger story, which we'll obviously see come to light in the next uh, few months, I guess. All right, let's move away from the drama and the excitement that is sprint races and move to the unbelievably boring race that was Baku, Chloe, because I swear on my life, I slept through most of it on Sunday. <laughs> Listen, I think most of us share um, that sentiment. We, we expected a bit more, uh, especially because we had that long break, but unfortunately, uh, it wasn't meant to be. The only excitement was, uh, I guess, of seeing how quick that Ferrari is. I mean, the Red Bull, rather. How quick the Red Bull is. Ferrari would love to be quick. Um, <laughs> how quick <laughs> that Red Bull is uh, when they went past um, Charlotte Claire. So I think that was interesting to see uh, how mighty quick they are. But I think what was also interesting was the strategy call. I understand that, you know, when you look at the bottom teams, that they have nothing to lose. And I'm thinking about uh, your likes of Esteban Arcon and Nico Hakenberg, um going so long on the tire and not sitting. And then literally sitting them at the last moment. I question that because um, Esteban could have finished a bit higher. Same for Nico because we saw Kevin Magnussen finishing. Yes, was not within the points, but Nico could have fought for points. So I think for me, uh, in terms of strategy, the teams also let the drivers down. Um, the Mercedes... Still not quick on the straights. Uh, that's something that they're still fighting for. I mean, we heard Lewis Hamilton saying, hey, can you give me a bit of speed here? And, and just, it was not happening there. So it was, it was one of those. And I think after the drama that we saw as well on, on the sprint race, the drivers just wanted to get over it and, and, and finish. I mean, we saw also Fernando Alonso being so kind in, in sharing advice. So... It was just one of those, if you have time to share advice with your teammates, clearly, uh, you're having a cup of tea there. <laughs> but all in all, let's, 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 I know um, Avon hates it when I say a, a race is boring. 
let's look at it in finer details. I think, Chloe, you were spot on talking about strategy. And someone that I think lost out a little bit on strategy was Max Verstappen, even. Yeah, I, I, know, you, I know you think it was boring. Um, and it was, if I'm honest. But, I, you know, I think the, the exciting stuff was the mind games that were played. And I think what's exciting as well is that, you know, not the usual suspects necessarily won. So I think just to first of all say in terms of Max, what I think is interesting is the way Max reacted to that second place. Yeah. Which, let's be honest, he got because of a safety car. You know, it was bad luck. It was bad luck. It was exactly what happened uh, in Australia, except Max was on the receiving end of, the, of you know, pulling him in when there were yellow flags and then deciding that full safety car was required. But what I find interesting is the Max of old would have just been, you know, cursing and just going crazy. How could it happen? And... You know, is he going to let me pass and all that sort of stuff? And I found he just went, you know what? Good second place, happy with the points. Life's good. Let's carry on. And very praising of of Checo, how well he drove. You know, I just found a, a very mature and calm Max Verstappen. And I, I don't know if that is, you know, the result of having two championships under your belt and now you can kind of be a nice person. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And, and I think in, in, in terms of that, Checo's drive was also stellar, you know, um, mm. He drove a really, really good race. He managed his pace. He managed his tires. You know, he was really, really on it. And I think that was really nice to see. So, yeah, those those were two highlights for me. And then, of course, the, the sneaky old Fernando Alonso for me, you know, he continues to amaze me in how smart a driver he is. He's always thinking, you know, and he's always... You know, I need to manage my tires now so that I can attack later when they're tired. You know, he's looking at Lewis Hamilton's tires in front of him and going, oh, Lewis is in trouble. So actually, let me let me add some pace because I'm, I'm going to be able to take him. You know, working with Lance, you know, as a team and going, you know, benefit off my, my slipstream. Let's, let's do this together. I don't know. I just, uh, it's just so great for Formula One to have this wily old fox in the car helping the team, helping his teammate. And quite frankly, getting the results, you know, um, I think Alonso was the big winner on, on on Sunday, you know, and he's he's adding to that points tally, you know, in every race. And so I think, you know, kudos to him. I think I think that was great. And then just the other thing is just to say McLaren, can we please have some love for McLaren? Because they <laughs> they clearly have shown, you know, <laughs> they're there, they're back at the races, which was really nice to see. So I have two comments here, Avon. My first comment is, do you think that Max was being nicer because he got shouted at after his sprint race debacle with George Russell? And my second point is, we spoke about McLaren at the end of last week and we were talking about the upgrades that we saw or you know thought they were bringing. Obviously, that contributed to the little bit of extra pace that they had. Indeed, it did. But, you know, there were also other teams that brought quite a few upgrades and they didn't work. In fact, geez, I, I, you know, Alpine is having one of the worst seasons. They're They're a highly funded team. They've got they've got money. They've got what I think is a good driver pairing. They're just not they're just not converting. Whereas McLaren did. They brought those upgrades. And you know, despite McLaren has a lot of staff issues at the moment. There's a lot of people moving, a lot of people that are leaving, and a lot of people that are joining. So it's not necessarily this most cohesive team. But to see those upgrades come and the car to work and the drivers to be, you know, in the points and just out of the points, I think it's. It's great for Formula One. It's great for them, and it's and it's it's nice to see a, a, a brand that is so big, at least 
making some inroads in terms of improving because you know when when mclaren is at the back of the grid wow you got to think formula one has really changed but they they are still a team that should be performing at a higher level and do you think max got shouted at oh <laughs> no i don't <laughs> no, max doesn't care what other people think even if he has two world championships max doesn't care he was he was proper he was doing the shouting at george russell in particular uh he wasn't too happy with george's move um but no i max no i don't think so at all i think he's just happy with life everything's working you know his car is great he's winning hey checo checo's got some points great like he's i think he's just chilled <laughs> let's let's actually talk about that incident incident chops um george russell max verstappen uh, a gap in the side wing um what what do what do you think about it? Do you think that Max was in the wrong, uh, or George was in the wrong? In in different light, different camera angles, you could see George just stuck his nose in there. Max going into the corner slightly ahead. As a result, then they they touched. Whether Max gave him enough room or not, I think it's on the onuses of George Russell to actually position his car such that he's not tripping over another driver because. You know, when you come into a corner, at some point in time, corner will always become tighter. So then it's it's on both drivers to actually come out of that corner squeaky clean. So the driver on the inside, which is George Russell at this time, could actually open his elbows wider to try and force the other driver to yield. But at this point in time, he's forcing the wrong driver to yield, which Max will never yield to any other driver. So... <laughs> I believe Russell could have could have played it much cleverer there and not try and open his uh, pull up his shoulders or his elbows that much, which will which will probably cost him in the long run. I don't know. Um, you know, Max said he'll probably return the favor at some point in time. So <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work for Max or it works against Max because when he does it, he'll say the, the, the stewards will say, "Well, you did promise you." deliver a few punches here and there and uh, it's done in it's not done in um in, in good sportsmanship you just decided you're going to return the favor yeah i can see those two definitely clashing at some stage but <clears throat> with that said chloe those mercs need to come back with some power to be able to have those two next to each other again in order for something like that to actually happen you know the interesting thing you know, with mercedes is they take two steps forward and then it's 10 steps backwards where you think, okay, maybe they've got something now. And then next weekend or the next race, you're talking a different story. Uh, but Toto will sound quite confident uh, with the updates that they're expecting with Emila. So hopefully um, when those upgrades then come, we'll see them completion. I mean, we see um, the talent is there, the quality is there between George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. So uh, that is not the question. I mean, we do know that they've got a bit too much of drag on that car, so they need to sort that out. And uh, it's spending more time. I mean, if anything is evident, Lewis Hamilton is missing the Met Gala. I didn't expect that. So <laughs> I think everybody is currently all heads down, trying to find uh, the right setup, making sure that the car um, performs its optimum best. So hopefully, with, with the upgrades that are coming soon, um, Mercedes will be able to, to give the fight to, to Red Bull and uh, hopefully Ferrari will be in the mix as well. 
It's okay, Chloe. You know what? I'm happy that Lewis missed it because Daniel Ricciardo attended. So I'm at least happy. We all love the honey badger, right? So I think he's definitely the, the ambassador for Formula One. So I was like, no, it's okay. We, we have representation there. Uh, but uh, it was, I think, in my head, having the both of them would have been what a great thing. But nonetheless, I think Daniel definitely did represent since he's not driving at this point. And he looked great. He looked really well put together. Like, normally he's wow. a little bit rough around the edges. Definitely looked mm. great on the carpet at the Met Gala. Maybe, maybe that's where he should be um, heading more, which is so sad to say because I'd like to see him on, on a car. But maybe this is a new career that Daniel should be focusing on. <laughs> No, can we just move on? That's all I'd like to say. <laughs> you can't be jealous of uh, the honey badger, Avon. <laughs> no, look, I know I've lost. The career loves him. You know, see, he's the best thing ever. Um, and that's it. I, I can't compete. I can't say anything. <laughs> no, look, we all love the honey badger. He is a great, he is a great character and a personality. And uh, he did look good. I agree. He looked really good. A bit more oh, groomed. Yeah, it was yes. good. He didn't look like, like an Australian farmer. He looked like a... Avon, <laughs> 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 the one person that we haven't spoken about from Baku, and I feel like we do need to give him props because he had an absolutely phenomenal weekend, is Checo. What a great win for him twice in a row. Yeah, it was really good to see. You know, he's, he's so composed and so um he just seems to have the bit between his teeth you know I, I think one of my criticisms of Checo in the past has been a lack of consistency you know even when the car was fine um and yeah it's just really nice to see you know in qualifying he's right there with Max in the race he's right there with Max and obviously he seems to be something of a Baku specialist you know him and Charles seem to have Baku sort of they're ahead of the curve uh, you know, when when compared to the rest of the field. So it's really good to have him, you know, chalk up some records. You know, uh, he's the only driver to have won Baku twice. And that's great because, let's be honest, Checo doesn't have many records on his name that are worthy of us shouting about. So that was really nice to see. And I, you know what? I like the fact that the team let them race. Uh, you know, there was a time when Max was very close. I think, you know, they traded between a sort of a second before you know um, it increased and i like the fact that the teams didn't sort of get in there and say hey guys let's just calm down and bring these cars home and i think the truth is checo was a lot more confident in the car than max max had a lot of issues with tire graining he was sliding around a lot he was complaining on the radio uh, and you didn't hear that from Checo. Checo, uh, he did clip the wall <laughs> at turn nine, um, and luckily nothing happened. Well, I think actually it was at turn 16, and luckily nothing happened. But, you know, apart from that, he was just so good and so confident and um, really, really nice to see. Great for the sport, great for his future presidency of, of Mexico. <laughs> well, they are also calling him, what, the, the street circuit king. Yeah, and that, look, he, yeah. Well-deserved. Let's see what happens in Monaco, but well-deserved. Well, we're also going to Miami next, right? And that's a street circuit, Chops. So we're expecting that he's going to bring some of that energy. Well, you can't count out Max and that energy as well, because um, I think the, the layout of this circuit, in my view, sort of lends the favor to Red Bull because of their powertrain. Um, yeah. Ferrari might come in second, but... Uh, it's not really for Mercedes. It'll be a miracle if it's for Mercedes. But I, 
I believe this circuit will favor the Red Bull again. And we're talking about quite a lot of changes that are happening to the circuit. And Chops, from a driver's perspective, having a brand new surface because they've revamped the whole track, that's massive. It is indeed. I'm just not too sure how they manage. You know, they, they, I can't remember which race we had last year where the circuit started breaking up in certain parts where it was sort of joined onto the old track. But it's a new surface. Uh, it's got to rubber in drivers at some point in time can overdrive the cars and uh, miss their braking points as they try and pull more out of the car and out of themselves. But truth be told is the man that's got more bite, which will bite off this circuit. And I still think the guy to watch out for is Max and uh, Checo. Checo was impressive. He was, he was solid. And it, not you don't see much of much of that from him, but in this particular event, I really, really, really proved what his salt was worth. And Chloe, going into this track, obviously we've got a mix of corners, some high speed sections, some long straights, um, kind of twisty, tight portions as well. This is going to be, and the drivers haven't really driven the circuit before all that much because this is the second time we're out at Miami. It kind of adds a new element to it because now we've got cars that have got upgrades, new surface, um, and obviously new track. And I think for me, I'm looking forward to how the Ferrari will perform because they coming into this one with a bit of upgrades and the performance that they had in Baku with no upgrades. So I'm thinking that Ferrari should do well in Miami. Uh, because last year we saw them finishing second and third place. So if then they can get a bit of the knowledge that they had, I saw some of the races already, the drivers rather, who were already doing their sim races. So the preparation is already going as well. Lewis Hamilton was one of the drivers that are still doing the sim race. So I think Ferrari will have a better chance in Miami. Yes, the Red Bull will obviously is the car to beat right now because they are the quickest, but I think Ferrari will have something to say um, in this track as for Mercedes. What they did last year, fifth, sixth, that's exactly where I'm expecting them to be. It's just going to be a battle between the two drivers because we've seen the head head between Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. So whether George will continue to lead the pack between the two drivers or will Lewis then pick up, that's not a story to be told. But one thing that I love um, with Checo, you know, while we're speaking about the Red Bulls, I love how, you know, last season we were calling him the Minister of Defense because he was so good <laughs> in, in defending and, you know, backing uh, Max Verstappen. So I love how now he's also aggressive, he's also attacking. So it's nice to see a Checo that's also just giving you more as to he wants to overtake, he wants to leave. So I'm looking forward to seeing that battle kind of continue with the Red Bulls as well. You know what, since everybody's already kind of launching into their predictions, Avon, um, I'm just going to point out that yours were a little bit left field last week. Um, are yeah. you going left field again this week? Because I think this is the first black mark on your record so far. Yeah, no, I'm going back to back to basics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all you my your lesson. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Everything I thought would happen happened, except it didn't happen with the people in the front. It happened behind them. <laughs> So uh, okay, so I'm I'm very much on Chloe's page. So I think it's going to be um, a Max, Charles, Perez. That's my top three. Max, Charles, Perez. Sorry, 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 sorry. Max, 
there is, Charles. <laughs> Red Bull one, two. No, no, sorry. No, not going crazy. Uh, I think I, I do think it's a track that will suit that Red Bull. And, you know, what Baku showed us, as much as Ferrari's improved, they're still a long way off where Red Bull is, particularly in terms of powertrain and, and drag. And I think Miami's going to be the same. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't foresee any changes there. I hope Carlos Sainz, you know, comes to the party. Uh, mm. He's just, that, you know, he's very much like Checo last year in the sense of he's not, mm. he's got the equipment. He's just not, you know, his one lap pace is, isn't as strong as, as Charles and his race pace too isn't as strong. And, and I think it would be nice to sort of see him bring some more red further up the grid. Um, yeah. And I think Alonso will be the, the, the guy behind them. You know what? I'm kind of thinking about it. I don't think then our predictions are really going to be that interesting moving forward. Because, Avon, I don't think anyone's going to be able to bring the fight to those Red Bulls. Well, at least not that we're seeing in the cars at the moment. Look, I think the track layouts and the, and the conditions in these, these, so these two races, Baku and Miami, you know, I think they are suited to the Red Bull car. And so I think that's not going to change. But I think when we go to Imola and we start to um, get more into European races where, let me call them the more traditional races, no, I think we will see a change. I think uh, Monaco is going to be interesting for me. I don't necessarily think Red Bull is going to walk the park there. Um, Spain is also going to be, you know, it's a more traditional circuit. Um, I think we'll have something, I think it'll be just a little bit more interesting as the season goes on. But certainly in terms of, racetrack conditions and the setup that you need to go quickly these two races that we're speaking of now are going to suit the red bull but in the future i think we'll we'll have some upsets along the way okay well i look forward to seeing those upsets chops <laughs> are you going to upset us with your predictions this week not at all i'm going to give you the exact same recipe that everyone has given to you max checo charles leclerc is that okay. allowed <laughs> you can't claim an order, Avon. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> okay, so Chops, simple, simple, same thing. Red Bull, Red Bull, Ferrari. Um, is there a reason you're putting Charles in there and not uh, Carlos Sainz? I just think what Carlos is trying to find himself at the moment and the, and the challenge with this particular circuit, you need to be hooked on right at the beginning because... The top two or top three cars, I can tell you now in lap 10 or lap 15 already, they'll have pulled away from the rest of the guys and it's just going to be a straight fight between the Red Bulls. Ferrari seems to fall away in the middle of the race. I think it's something related to tyre degradation or the aerodynamic package is still not really suitable for following and probably good if it's on its own and getting fresh, clean air. But at the moment, these are the... This is where it stands, and this is where we are. All right, Chloe, last up. Are you also following suit? Oh, um, I want to give Checo a win on this one. So, yes, we're right with the team, Red Bull. So, I'll go with the Checo for victory. Um, Max, P2. And then in third, I guess we're all going with Sean McClure here, Priya. And, and, you know, it's because I, I love color signs and I expected signs to, you know, be that guy. And at this point, he's, he's not the guy that I think he is in my head. Um, and I think also to add on that, probably, you know, the battle that he's been having with his home heroes 
it's not really helping because you don't want to upset him on the long term. I mean, he's like <laughs> the most loved guy in the grid right now. So I think that's also um, where he finds himself, where he's like, okay, I've been, you know, bumping into my home hero a bit tonight and I, I get told that I can imagine Fernando probably called colors a bit later and like bro what was that so um a lot is happening in Carlos head I assume so maybe um he'll be just in between Fernando and himself so maybe fourth fifth but that's my prediction you know what I think it's going to be a girls versus boys on this one because I'm also thinking that Checo our street circuit king is going to pull off yet another win on this one and put himself very nicely in that championship battle. I wouldn't be upset, by the way. I think it'll be great, yeah. Yeah, so I'm thinking Checo, we're definitely going Checo, um, Max, and then Charles. I think we've decided that it's definitely going to be a Red Bull one too. Matthew would be very happy with us. Um, and then a, a, a Ferrari in third. I think that's it. Nothing, nothing out there. Nothing out there. Can you guys think about Alonso? Maybe the, the Ferrari might not even finish and then Alonso might just sneak in. Ooh, that would be a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, um, Chops, I feel like my fantasy league took such a knock last week because we thought that the, the, <laughs> the predictions were going to be completely different, that I'm going super safe this week to earn some points. Uh. <laughs> Avon, don't mock my fantasy team, okay? I'm totally going to win that 100 rand pool. I totally am. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I, I was just hoping, I was just hoped you didn't put my, my predictions in. No, I don't know. I don't trust you after last week. You've given yourself a bad rep already. Yeah, 2023 season, not, not treating me well. Not I'll at be all. back. What? I'll be back. <laughs> no, I think it was an Alpine situation that put Avon in the, <laughs> in the mix last week. Those guys, my world. <laughs> well, lady and gents, thank you so much for your time. It is always an absolute pleasure uh, having you on F1 Track This. Um, we take a little bit of a break after Miami um, and then we go to a triple header. So we'll definitely be in contact and we can't wait to have you guys on the next episode. Chops, Chloe, Avon, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Korea. Thanks, everyone. Good as always. <laughs>